Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Palmer bet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight up screamer. Download our app today and enjoy straight up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Live around Australia on SEN, welcome to Off The Tee. Talking all things golf with Nico Hearn and Sam Hargraves. Uh, yes, indeed. Welcome to Off the Tee on what might be the biggest night uh, in this show's short history, but also it could end up being the biggest night in Australian golfing history. There is news at hand, and we will dive into that in just a moment. But we'd love you to participate. one three hundred seven three six seven three six on the Harcourt's open line, or you can text in zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen on the Temper 40 Winks text machine. As I welcome in the former world number 16, the only man with a 2-0 record against Tiger Woods in match play golf. I speak, of course, uh, of the wonderful Nick Ahern. Hello, Nick. G'day, Sam. Always a pleasure. So much to talk about tonight, isn't there? So at 5.39 this evening, uh, Adam Pangilly, uh, who is a golf writer with The Age and the Sydney Morning Herald, uh, wrote that Greg Norman's Saudi-backed live golf circuit has landed its biggest blow with world number two Cameron Smith joining fellow Australian Mark Leishman in signing with the Saudi-backed circuit. This was reported heading into the FedEx St. Jude uh, by the Telegraph in London who said that this was done, it was in the bag, it was concrete, it was absolutely 100% locked in for sure that Cam Smith would be joining the live tour. Um... This was what Cam Smith said after he was asked about those rumours. It started swirling around probably in the lead-up to and even before the 150th Open Championship that he won at St Andrews. But your name continues to be mentioned about uh, Live Golf. Um, I just won the British Open and you're asking about that. I think that's pretty not that good. I appreciate that, but it's the, the question is still there. Are you interested at all? Is there any truth in that? Uh, I don't know, mate. The, my team around me worries about all that stuff. I'm here to win golf tournaments. So didn't deny, didn't confirm, but more importantly, didn't deny at that point, Nick Ahern. And then this was Cam Smith in the lead-up to the FedEx St. Jude, the first stage of the three-stage uh, FedEx Cup, after Cameron Percy, who was on RSN in Melbourne, said when he was asked that about more players heading to the Live Golf uh, Tour, he said uh, they said, would those names be... Uh, Cameron Smith and Mark Leishman. He said, yep, they're gone. Cam Smith was asked about that and those comments before the St. Jude. Yeah, um, you know, my goal here is to to win the FedEx Cup playoffs. That's all I'm here for. Um, If there's something I need to say regarding the PGA Tour or Live, it will come from Cameron Smith, not Cameron Percy. Um, I'm a man of my word, and um, whenever you guys need to know anything, um, it'll be said by me. And just following up on that, you being a man of your word, you know, the Telegraph is reporting that you've signed and are going. Would you like to say yes or no to that? I have no comment to that. I, uh, like I said, I'm here to play the FedEx Cup playoffs. Um, that's been my focus the last week and a half. That's what I'm here to do. I'm here to win the FedEx Cup playoffs. 
and uh, like I said, it, it'll come from me. It won't come from Cameron Percy. Do you intend to play the President's Cup? Absolutely, yeah. That's uh, that's something that we've been looking forward to uh, for the last three years. We had a, we missed a year because of because of COVID, and um, that's something that I look forward to being a part of. So that was Cam Smith, the head of the FedEx Cup St Jude, the, the first stage of the three-stage FedEx Cup. Um, the belief is that it will be announced later on tonight, which would be morning uh, over on the uh, East Coast uh, in the US, and that this, according to now Australian and its uh, Fox Sports website, are running it as well, that uh, this is happening. Yeah, apparent, apparently, but I'm still waiting for the words to come out of Cam Smith's mouth. Not not the ages, not the you know the the Herald in the UK, but until he says something, um, that's that that's where it's going to lie. But you know, we we all know that mm. if you don't deny it, I mean, if he wasn't going, he would straight out say it at those press conferences. No, I'm not going. As just about every other golfer who has been linked incorrectly has done. Exactly. Yeah. So it, the $35 million event in Boston uh, this weekend, it'll be announced uh, heading into that. So I'll ask you again because you probably had more time to think on it. When the Telegraph said there's no equivocation, this is definitely happening, uh, that was a few weeks ago now, where does it sit with you? Well, it's no surprise uh, because once he won the Open and he didn't comment on it, and that comment, of, I'm leaving that up to my team, was pretty much a giveaway that mm. it looks as though he's going, probably 80%, 90%. However, you never know. And I'm sure, again, what I heard after the British Open, two days later, Rory McIlroy made a phone call to Cameron Smith after yeah. he just lost to him and said, hey, I just want you to know all the facts, what's coming, et cetera, et cetera. And then obviously what happened with the players meeting last week which Cam wasn't at, but he wasn't, Cam wasn't playing, at. Uh, he wasn't playing at the BMW. Exactly, either. yeah. And that actual playing meeting, it seems, has kept Cameron Young, another Cam, from going because he was weighing up. Mm. He, this guy's going to be Rookie of the Year. He's had seven top threes this year, almost won the Open. He came second to Cam Smith there. An amazing player, 25-year-old. His whole career ahead of him, and he was tossing up going. But that meeting and what they shared during that meeting talked him into staying and there's so much opportunity on the PGA Tour now for Cam Smith I look I, I don't blame him I mean if he's going to go he's going to go there's plenty of money for him there. 140 million Australian is what is reported there's, there's a lot of cash there for sure now it's interesting because I remember last year him talking about the fact that he, he's got more money to last whatever I mean he's you know, last some lifetimes probably mm. two or three lifetimes so money's not a big deal what's he going to do buy a bigger boat so when you look at that comment, I thought I'd be very surprised if he did go. However, now, obviously, everyone's talking about it. It seems as though he's signed. I'm still waiting. I'm, I'm just going to be curious to see what his statement is when it does come out later on tonight. It'll all be in the wording. Um, he joins Phil Mickelson, Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka, Bryson DeChambeau, just to name a couple. He is the only player inside the world's top ten. Uh, Dustin Johnson, uh, I think just inside the top 20 at the moment, last time I checked, was 18th in the world. He was the highest-ranked player that they'd been able to secure. This gives a level of credibility that whilst having big names, big personalities, uh, and players who have been successful, major winners, but of the current form, on current form and on current rankings, um, this is a huge coup and, and a huge credibility boost. Oh, it is for sure. And the other big player that that is in the works, because they're saying there's seven players, maybe six. It's it's a bit of a toss-up at the moment. We're not exactly sure. But the players they're saying are Cam Smith, Mark Leishman, Harold Varner, another American player. six in the world, yep. Cameron Tringali. 55. And Riban Lahiri. 
The big one, two. the yep. big one is Neiman. Joaquin Neiman, he's number 15 in the world at the yep. moment. So they've got two out of the top 20 and possibly Mito Pereira. Now, Pereira and Neiman are a bit of a toss-up. We're still not sure. However, if all these guys go, the one thing that's going to be decimated is our President's Cup team because you've got Smith, Lahir, uh, Neiman and Pereira and potentially Leishman if that's a captain's pick. There's four players that all of a sudden we can't have now. Smith saying in that last interview he does want to play President's Cup, so I don't know what he's going to do there, whether he's going to play Boston this week or those players are going to wait for the President's Cup. It's all up in the air. Sports Illustrated, ESPN and the Golf Channel all reporting that those seven are correct. Yeah. Well, hey, you know, if you believe everything that people write... True, well. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's almost like a landslide now, isn't it? I mean, there's... All right, let's put it this way. There's no one reporting that it's not happening. No, I, I, and I get yeah. it. However, with all the announcement that PGA Tour made with their schedule, obviously the players' meaning has now really upped the ante with what is available on the PGA Tour. Now, this is almost... Extra tournaments, extra money for the top players. Yep. Yeah, and, and, and this is almost setting in concrete what the Live Tour is going to be like. I'm not sure... It, it's almost it's not like a last-ditch attempt to get these players or it's a last-gasp attempt for anyone to go across, but if you were one of those top players in that meeting that they had last week, there was only one in that room, I believe, that will be going, and that's Joaquin Neiman. He was the only player in that room that wasn't going to stay with the PGA Tour. You've still got a heck of a tour there. However, out of those top guys, this is almost their last chance to go, I, I, I guess you could say, without losing face. I, so I'm, I'm curious with a couple of things. Uh, obviously, we know that Mark Leishman and, and, uh, and Cameron Smith had confirmed via their social media they were coming back to play the Australian Summer. I think that was another clue. Uh, in all of this as well. They come back and play the PGA Championship um, at Royal Queensland um, and also the Australian Open. I'm curious. So this court case is going to drag out for a couple of years when they try and... uh, all when it's all said and done. When the final decision comes, he would have been on that tour for a couple of years on the live. He's still a young man, Cameron Smith. Mm. I don't know what the terms of his contract are. But I'm wondering whether the, there could have been some business advice to say, we don't know how this is going to play out. It could work out that, yes, there's ranking points. Yes, you can be on both. It, or it might not. But if it's not, then you can go back. Well, that, that's the... And you can go back a far richer man than you were. Now, that's... That's a $140 million people, question. <laughs> yeah, people will make their own ethical judgments. I understand that because, it, because it is, this is Saudi-backed and all that that brings into that. But let's just talk about golf and business. I wonder whether that they've looked at all this and thought they either merge, join, coexist, whatever, or you've got to pick one or the other in the end after that court case finishes up. You can always go back. I don't think there's going to be any uh, mutual get-together and, and let's work together in before then. The, the no. Live and PGA Tour, we're not coming together, mm. basically, no. until this lawsuit... Is, is is knocked out. Now, the lawsuit could take years. Yes, mm. they've... He they've, might still be able to play majors because that hasn't been decided by the majors yet. Well, at the moment, yeah, the, they are allowed to play the majors. Yeah. The issue becomes... And with Cam Smith, it's not an issue. He's, he's exempt into everything right now as the Open yeah. champion for the next five years. No problem at all. The other players, like a Neiman, Joaquin Neiman, he hasn't won a major. He's number 15 in the world. By the end of the year, he should still be in that top 50. So next year, he's kind of set for the majors, I would imagine. Plus, he was uh, in the top 30 to a championship, which gives you, it puts you in all the majors as well. Now, they need to change criteria for these players not to be able to play the majors. The rest of the live players, their world ranking is going to be well outside the top 50. By the end of this year, they can't play majors unless they have won previously. 
like Brooks Kepka and Phil and, and so on and so forth. The interesting one's going to be the Masters. That's first cab off the rank next year. We'll see what criteria they come up with. Rory McIlroy, who we're going to get to in a minute, in more positive news uh, after becoming the FedEx champion um, for the third time, he said he hated what was occurring in the game uh, when asked about what was happening with Liv. He said, if you believe in something, I think you have to speak up. I believe very strongly about this. I really do. I hate what is going, what it is doing to the game of golf. I hate it. I really do. Like, it's going to be hard for me to stomach going to Wentworth in a couple of weeks' time and seeing 18 of them there. That just doesn't sit right with me. I believe what I'm saying are the right things, and I think when you believe that what you're saying is the right things, you're happy to stick your neck out on the line. Yeah, in his heart of hearts, he, he loves the game of golf, and he loves what it's all about. He has just won... A squillion dollars, basically, in the last week or so, right? He won the FedEx Cup, 18 million. 26 mil Australian. Yeah. For the year, he's won, they say, 28 million US for the year with all the bonuses and his his PGA Tour earnings throughout the year. Now, he's going to go play the BMW at Wentworth, which is the flagship event on the European Tour. He could just pull up stumps right now and just call it quits for the the rest of the year. However, he's still going to go play the Italian Open later this year because that's where the Ryder Cup is next year so that's how passionate he is Mm. about that he's also going to play the Dunhill Cup with his dad uh, which is a really cool thing so he cares and loves the game of golf and and I've been really fascinated to watch him stand in front of the camera week in week out and almost have to lift the PGA Tour put him on his back basically yep and for him to play the golf that he has during that time is just incredible. Well, and I, I take gladiator. my hat off yeah. to him. It's been amazing to watch. He's been their gladiator, hasn't he? It is interesting that in this whole week as well that he and Tiger Woods launched their own bit of showtime, um, a new addition to the golfing calendar. We will talk more about that a little later on in the show. But have your say, one three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three ninety eight uh eleven sixteen. Uh City Morning Herald saying that that announcement will come tonight later on, uh early morning US East Coast time that Mark Leishman and Cam Smith, along with six others, will be joining the live to a Greg Norman run, Saudi backed, zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen to have your say. We're gonna work our way through and revel in Rory McIlroy's success uh, at the PGA champ- uh, for the at the FedEx Cup championship on the other side of this this is off the tee you're listening to off the tee with Nick O'Hearn and Sam Hargraves listen back to any part of the show you might have missed by subscribing to the off the tee podcast and in an extraordinary PGA Tour season, it is Rory McIlroy with his extraordinary talents that wins a third FedEx Cup title. Comes back from six shots back to win it all. What a week, what a day. Um, it means an awful lot. Um, I believe in the game of golf. I believe in... This tour, in particular, I believe on the players, and you know, I believe in the players on this tour. Um, it's the greatest place in the world to play golf, bar none. And I've played all over the world. And uh, you know, this is an incredibly proud moment for me, but it should also be a, an incredibly proud moment for the PGA Tour. They've, um, you know, they've they've had some hard times this year, but we're getting through it. Uh, a really emotional and a really proud Rory McIlroy you heard there from Jim Nance came from six shots back. He started the tournament six shots back in the starting position. Scotty Scheffler, the world number one, started 
Uh, the final stage of the FedEx Cup at 10 under, back at 4 under. It was Rory McIlroy with Cam Smith, Tony Finau, um, Sepp Straka and uh, Sunjay Im. And on the final day, six shots back. His year, second at the Masters, second at the Open, tied for fifth at the US Open and eighth at the PGA Championship. Might not have won a major in 12 years, but he's just done something, Nick Ahern, that no one's done. Uh, that's three FedEx uh, Cup championships. Um, phenomenal performance. Oh, hang on, let me turn you on. Oh, it certainly was. And I think one of the most impressive things that people forget about is he started the week with a triple bogey. So he, he started the tournament six shots behind Scheffler. They had the staggered start going, as we said. Scheffler mm. was starting at 10 under. Rory started at four under. He triple bogeys the first. So he's back to one under. He's nine shots behind after one hole of the golf tournament. And then going into that final round, he's pegged his way all the way back to six shots behind. Scheffler really took control of the... The end of the third round, they had to postpone play, suspend it because of lightning in the area. He yeah. finished his third round off with four birdies in his last six holes. So he took then a six-shot lead over McElroy. So we're thinking, well, yeah, that's basically it. It's done, unless Sheffler kind of really struggles this last round. And as it turned out, he did. That six-shot lead was gone within seven holes. It was an amazing comeback by Rory. He was four under. Scheffler was two under, uh, two over at that particular point. And then as the day got on, you could just see Rory pegging him back, pegging him back. Mm. And towards the end, he held that bomb of a putt on 15. It was amazing. And then coming down the last hole. 32 foot. 32 footer. It was. Yeah, it was just one of those holes. And then uh, and that was to draw level with him. And then Scheffler bogeyed 16. So yep. now Rory's got the one-shot lead. Coming up 18, they both hit it in the fairway. And you're thinking... $18 million for first, $6.5 million for second. That's $11.5 million US difference of whoever wins this golf tournament. And they both hit very ordinary shots into that last hole. So it just goes to show that, hang on, maybe they were thinking about the money. And as it turned out, Rory ended up you know, making a pretty safe par and, and walked away with the cash. Scotty Scheffler had a 12-footer for, for birdie on 17 and, and sort of got nowhere near it. Um, it was sort of heartbreaking to see him fall in a heap in the way that he did. He's been so poised. But this is something that we knew of him going into the Masters. He spoke about the fact that he, I think he vomited on the final day. Mm. He was a just a bundle of nerves and, and fear and anxiety. But he was able to, to, to keep it all at bay and to keep his head in the game and to win the Masters. But it got the better of him. Um, and, and so much so to the point where Rory McIlroy apologised to, to, to Scotty's parents. Um, he said, I felt like Scotty deserved half of this today. Um, it was really tough to see those those three bogeys on the front nine. As you said, he had four overall, just one birdie in the final round. Um, and, it, and it cost him, because he finished tied for second in the end, it cost him, so the difference, 17 million Australian. Yeah, it was a, it was a little bit of money. But again, I, it's one of those things. Don't feel too sorry for Scotty. He, no, he, no, he, he's won plenty of money this year. He's won the yeah. Masters. I can tell you right now, Rory would give all that money up for that green jacket that Scotty's got, that yeah. Rory does not have, because that's the one that, he needs mm. to complete the Grand Slam. But Rory's had one of the best seasons of his career. I mean, he's played yeah. some amazing golf. He had a scoring average this year of 68.67. Now, that puts him in an elite club because only three players have now had a scoring average of under 68.7. The other person was Vijay Singh and, of course, Tiger Woods, who's done it about eight or nine times over the years, so whereas this is the first time Rory's done it. So it's been an amazing year for him. And the thing that really was impressive about his year was after the Masters, he was ranked, they have these stats on the tour, 50 to 125 yards approach to the green, how close you can get it to the hole. He was second last out of 209 players on the PGA Tour from that range. Second last, which is very ordinary. And all, people have always said his wedge game. That's what he needs to improve. Since the Wells Fargo, which was a few weeks after the Masters, 
he's number one on tour. So there's the difference for Rory. With his wedges and his pitching, if he gets that going, he's almost unbeatable. This was Scotty Scheffler, the world number one, after losing the FedEx Cup to Rory McIlroy. Playing professional golf for a living is such a gift. And um, for me, I, I don't play golf for money. Um, I play to win tournaments and I play to have fun and do my best and you know see where the game can take me. And today, I, the money definitely didn't creep into my mind. I wanted to win the season-long title. I've had a, a really great year and um, I wanted to finish it off with a win here. And unfortunately, I wasn't able to do that. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's such a gift to be out here playing golf for money. And um, you know, I can't. I'm just so thankful to be out here. Gracious in defeat. Um, Rory McIlroy was just all class, as I said. He hugged uh, Scotty's parents and apologised, and Scotty Scheffler speaking about the mental errors. For the Aussies, Cam Smith finished 20th, uh, just under nine, uh, just under $930,000 for him, and uh, Adam Scott, who more and more now we're led to believe will not be joining Liv. Um, his uh, resurgence uh, in the PGA, and I think he was at the meeting and really liked what he heard as well, um, just under $800,000 for Adam Scott, who finished uh, 25th. Um, so all in all, that shot that uh, we spoke about that Adam Scott made um, in the BMW Championship to just qualify for the final stage, uh, earned him 1.5. Yeah, that up, it was that up and down out of the bunker, yes, wasn't it? That's we, the we, one. we were talking about it last week. That was about a $1.5 million bunker shot for him when you look at you know yeah. all the bonus money and getting into this golf tournament. And for him not to go to live, uh, that just sort of shows you that he really believes he can win many more tournaments and majors included. And I know it's not all about the money, but the other I found fascinating story out of this was Max Homer, who, who the bunker shot that hit the flag... Um, was it 17 or 18? Yeah, wrapped around... Wrapped around... The flag, didn't it? Yeah, it landed within four feet of the hole. That meant that he finished tied for fifth rather than in a three-way tie for sixth. The difference... Two point one million. <laughs> yeah, I heard him on a podcast earlier, and he was saying, "Yep, I, I'm, I'm not going to say anything about all the bad breaks I've had all year yeah. because that one good break just made me more money than I could dream of." Here's a question for you uh, off the text from AG Nick Ahern. If staying PGA players win big tournaments or big championships in the future without the live players competing, would those wins have an asterisk if they aren't playing against all the best players in the world? No. I don't think so. Uh, absolutely not. No, I think um, the PGA Tour, interestingly enough, you know, we have these players going across to the Live Golf Tour. There are so many other amazingly talented players just waiting to take their place. An interesting point, you know, we'll maybe talk about this when we go through some of the results, but David Lingmuth, he won the Memorial Tournament uh, about seven years ago, 2015. He struggled since. He was outside the top 200 in the uh, in the points race, so he couldn't get into these Corn Ferry Tour finals, which are going on at the moment. Because some live players left, he got into this top 200, and he wins the Corn Ferry Tour last week. Now he's got his tour card back. This is an outstanding young player. There's all these examples of those types of scenarios where there's amazingly young and talented players coming through that are going to take their place. So the tour is only going to get stronger and stronger. The live tour. It's got that exhibition feel to it, the 54 holes, obviously, that, you know, sort of uh, the music going, more of, a, more of a party atmosphere. So the competition, I think, over there may start to diminish as the tour goes on, whereas the PGA Tour will just get stronger and stronger as long as they don't fall into the trap of the Live Tour and they start doing more and more of these no-cut events. You need cuts in golf tournaments to keep that competition, that, that competitive edge going amongst the players to really grind and work their butts off. At last count, how many was the recommended amount and how many was uh, ticked off on by the PGA for those no-cut events that are going to be aimed at uh, top 20, top 50? 
Still haven't decided. Uh, I, I haven't heard any of the final numbers on it. But they're looking around maybe 60 to 70 players per event for some of them. Not all of them, but some of them. But I, again, I think they need to cut in those events. I think they should bump it up to 80 or 90 players and, and still cut after two days. And there were some announcements this week from the PGA, uh, some other changes mm. uh, to uh, some of their, I suppose, yeah, different, with- different areas that they've made changes to uh, for rookies and also to, though, for minimum amount of tournaments for the year and a few other things. Yeah, I mean, John Rahm had an interesting interview after one of the rounds uh, at the Tour Championship because someone said to him, look, you have to play 20 events next year. And he goes, oh, do I really? Okay. <laughs> he didn't almost know in a way, but mm. that, that's going to be what's happened. The, the players that, that stay with the PGA Tour, they, they've got now 12 elevated events. They added another three or four events to elevate up to this $20 million range. So the top players, now what, what determines who's the top player? What is it? Well, it's probably top 10, 20 on the money list, the, the, the PIP ranking that they're going to have, which is the Play Impact Program. There's going to be a variety of variables, I guess, going into that, so what will determine these top players that have to play these events. Then you've got the majors, the FedEx Cup events. 20 events is not a big deal. I think most of these players are going to play a minimum of 20 anyway. It's more the ones, in Rahm's case, for instance, he may have to play some on the European tour to try and play Ryder Cup. McElroy will be another in the same boat as well. But I'm sure they'll be able to manage their schedule. One of the biggest things that came out of the new uh, schedule and, and what the PGA Tour is planning is something called the Earnings Assurance Program. And what that is for the rookies, the first timers out there, like all the Corn Ferry Tour players, the rookies get paid an upfront $500,000, which is pretty cool. Fantastic. It's like a guaranteed uh, salary. If you go through a year and miss a lot of cuts uh, Mm. in your rookie year, it can be a pretty lean existence uh, as we know. It is a grind, uh, and that is a great incentive and just a way to look after the players. I'd imagine just from knowing that, the anxiety levels, the mental health space from the players, uh, it, it, it improves that drastically. Hey, um, we've got a very special guest coming up after this. And it's interesting, too, that we have uh, our, one of the bosses from Big Swing Golf, Bernie, from coming on to announce their own new league when Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy have announced their own new golf league. And we'll explain to you what the tech-based golf league, TGL, is all about after this on Off the Tee. Sam Hargraves, Nick O'Hearn with you. You're listening to Off The Tee with Nick O'Hearn and Sam Hargraves. Listen back to any part of the show you might have missed by subscribing to the Off The Tee podcast. After the last few weeks, we've been over the moon to have Big Swing Golf, indoor golf simulators, be part of Off The Tee as a valued sponsor and partner of the show. And Nick O'Hearn each week's been going through one of the numerous elite courses from around the world and in Australia that you can play uh, on the best simulator in golf simulators. Uh, And each week he's told us what it was like to play that course uh, in person, but it's almost exactly the same when you do it on Big Swing Golf. You can do casual play at Big Swing Golf. You can do functions. There's family fun. There's coaching as well. Uh, And there is a new element, a new way to get involved in Big Swing Golf. And their operations coordinator, Bernie McGrath has been good enough to jump on the line with us. Bernie, hello, mate. G'day, Sam. G'day, Nick. How are you? Going well, thanks, Bernie. We're very well. Talk to us about the Big Swing Golf League. Sure. So the BSG League is a, it's a weekly team-based competition. So it can be two, three or four players per team and you all participate together to play 18 holes on a different simulated course each week. Uh, so there's eight weeks of regular play throughout 
any given season and it's followed by a knockout final series to determine the eventual winning team. And we, we utilise Ambrose format. So everyone brings their individual handicap. They're given a team handicap uh, and we use Stubford scoring. So at the end of each week, the team scores are ranked from first to last and the team's rank determines how many league points they're awarded. So that gives us a bit of flexibility for when teams can come in and play. Basically, you can come in and play your round at any time during the week, so long as there's an availability there. Uh, look, you don't necessarily need a handicap to participate. It, it, would, it does help if, you, if you've already got one, but if you don't, just come in and see the staff and they'll make an assessment of your abilities. Uh, and then ultimately your team will receive a handicap and that's where the handicapping changes are made from week to week. So even if you don't have a handicap and you're allocated one, it's your team handicap that changes based on your results. So yeah, it's a, it's a comp we've been running now for across this, this year and over a, a, a couple of years. Of course, we had a few interruptions, uh, over lockdowns and, and whatnot, but, um, we're really full steam ahead now and uh, we've got a new season kicking off on the week of Monday, the 26th of September. So if anyone has some mates who they want to get together with to, uh, to form a team and take part in this, this fun event, uh, contact your local Big Sweet Golf and we'll, we'll get you set up. That's great, Bernie. That was one of my questions. When, um, sorry, or more, more in case, where is the BSG League conducted? What, what, what are some of the venues there? Obviously, anyone can play, but, but it would be great to know where, where they can play. Yeah, certainly. So they are available basically in any big swing golf. We have 20 locations across the eastern seaboard. Uh, for our Victorian listeners, I mean, you can get in at Ballarat, to Hoppers Crossing, to, to Kew, Preston, to Railgan, Melbourne. Uh, just really need to uh, get in touch with your local big swing golf and they'll set you up. Uh, so there's yeah, lots and lots of different locations where you can uh, get together with your friends and have a bash and hopefully enjoy a couple of crockies. Uh, it's a good excuse to get together on a, on a weeknight, uh, on a weekend, uh, and have a, a regular catch-up too. Uh, and now what are we playing for, Bernie? We're speaking to Bernie McGrath from Big Swing Golf. He's the operations coordinator of the Big Swing Golf League. What are some of the prizes that people can win? Because uh, we're all a little bit competitive by nature. What are we playing for, Bernie? Uh, of <laughs> so this season uh, has been very generously sponsored by our friends at Strix of Golf. Now, there's actually a bit of flexibility with the prizes because instead of giving you a specific prize you're actually awarded with a voucher with credit to use on the sponsor's product. So, for example, if you wanted to upgrade your driver or get a new set of irons or, uh, you know, maybe stock up on golf balls, the winning team, each player on the winning team, will receive a $350 voucher towards Strixon products. Second place will receive $250. So you can redeem these in the Associated Drum and Golf Store uh, nearby the Big Swing Golf. Hey, Bernie, just before we let you go, um, Rory McIlroy and, and, and Tiger Woods have announced their uh, tech-based TGL league. Are they, are they stealing your IP? Are they, are they stealing a bit of your thunder? Yeah, they might be, but I'm just not <laughs> sure I've got the capacity to take it to court, I'm afraid. Uh, I might have to let them get away with this one. But uh, I guess they, uh, they found a, a good idea in what we're doing and uh, thought, why not copy it? Absolutely. I'm willing to say that Big Swing Golf has been the inspiration for the TGL League that uh, Tiger and Rory uh, are doing. 
Uh, and it's a credit to you because it goes to show that you guys have been ahead of ahead of the curve and ahead of the game. Uh, we wish you all the best with the league, Bernie. We're, we're so grateful for you guys at Big Swing Golf being uh, partners with us on Off the Tee, and we can't wait to, to go and have a round, Nick and I, as soon as we can. Oh, that sounds fantastic. Thank you very much for having me on, Sam and Nick. Uh, bigswinggolf.com.au check out where all the locations are around Australia all up and down the eastern seaboard they've got Father's Day gift cards as well if you're looking to get Dad something for Father's Day this Sunday I saw a couple of the North Melbourne lads uh, were out there during the week as well Josh Walker and a couple of the other golf uh, uh, tragics that uh, that play for the Roos uh, they were at Big Swing Golf playing Pebble Beach Nick which is one of the courses that you've reviewed it as is. part of our partnership with Big Swing Golf indoor golf simulators massive screen selection of exciting virtual games Big Swing Golf, they deliver a one-of-a-kind simulation that's fun for golfers, non-golfers alike. Nice lead-in to the other big news story of the week, and that is the TGL League that Tiger and Rory mm. have started. This is PGA-backed. Uh, it, it, it's to complement the PGA season. It's going to be like Monday night football, a combination of a tech-based product using simulators and also live golf. They're going to set up a, a stadium, at a course, people will be able to sit, be right around the green. It's like being courtside, according to Rory and Tiger. 18 holes event, 18 hole event over two hours, 15 matches, six three man teams. We've got a new golf league. We talked about what else we can do in golf. You had a razzle dazzle it, bit you, of panat, pizzazz. You proposed it last week. We need these skills challenges, Sam, and obviously they took your. Your thoughts to heart, well, and, and they've yeah. gone ahead. Yeah, well, we had a good <laughs> it was chat. A quick turnaround. Tiger, Rory, and I. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, uh, it, it's going to be an interesting concept. You, you, know, you nailed it right on the head there. It's a bit of a Monday night football league, which is which is one of the biggest nights of football in the US. They obviously won't do it on those uh, conflicting nights. Whether they do it on a Monday night, I don't know. But mm. that is a good night to do it on. I saw some uh, graphics they put up in a virtual sense of what the stadium's going to look like. And as you say, they've got one massive screen in one, one side of the venue and then mm. crowds are all around the outside and then they've got this big green and bunkers and you can probably hit up to about 50, 60-metre pitch shots from what I can see. And there's going to be hitting into the screen and then the short game's going to be done on the green there. So it's a great, uh, great initiative. I don't buy into that, oh, they're just doing their own live because they've done this in consultation, I believe, from what I read. With the PGA, the PGA have given it their blessing. In this world that we live in, where um, esports are massive, being able to take golf, which is hasn't what what changes have we really seen in golf other than the technology of the clubs, especially if you're using the Callaways, mind you, they're the greatest technology in golf. Uh, what what advancements have we really seen in a game that's been exactly the same since almost mm. the, the day it was conceived in Scotland? Um, this is tapping into uh, the new frontier of esports, whilst you know you're taking the new world and one of the oldest worlds in golf and bringing them together. I, I think it's incredible. I'm yeah. that excited to see this in action. I, I'm going to be fascinated as well. I mean, if you put it in cricket terms, they've kind of gone from the five day test match to the twenty twenty match yeah. in, in a way. I mean, people yep. talk about live golf being the one day version, but that's not obviously. It's three days instead of four, but. Yep. This has taken it to the extreme, and as you say, the the esports, where the gaming side of things, that's going to be the interesting part about you know the gaming side of it and the wagering, the betting, because I'm sure that's going to be a massive part of this league as well. So, six man, uh, six three man teams. You know, I think a lot of the top golfers in the world they're going to be vying to get on these teams because it's more revenue that goes in their pocket as well. People talk about in in sports who who are 
whether they own a sports team, whether they run a sporting organisation, the biggest question that every league in every sport that they ask themselves is, how do we get new eyes on our product? We have our rusted-ons. We have the people that we can set our watch to. We know it's almost like any business that says, right, we have our solid customer base that will never leave us. Where can we go and find new customers? Mm. That's just smart business. Oh, it certainly is. And, and golf is one of those sports where more people are playing off the course than on the course these days. I mean, the green grass golfers is probably a, a lower percentage mm. than players that actually go to the driving range, yeah. go to simulators like big swing golf, yeah. go to all these little mini putt putt sort of areas and things like that. That's actually the market that they're trying to tap into. And I think it's, it's going to be very interesting how it all pans out. And when you've got the two biggest names in golf at the moment, the alpha male in Tiger Woods <laughs> and the mini alpha, I guess you could say, Rory McIlroy, uh, this could go anyway. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to see. Certainly will. Hey, uh, we've still got to get through some results of some Aussies abroad, and we're going to tap into Nick's knowledge, how to play your best golf. Nick's going to give you his tip of the week to make sure that you know how to play your best golf. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen to text us any of your thoughts on what we're talking about. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. This is off the tee. You're listening to Off The Tee with Nick O'Hearn and Sam Hargraves. Listen back to any part of the show you might have missed by subscribing to the Off The Tee podcast. Just a little cross-section here to show you how divisive the whole live issue can be. So the first text we've got here uh, is from Matt. Um, Call it for what it is. Uh, Saudis are evil. Call it for what it is. And Cam Smith has shown he doesn't care one bit. Pure greed. He's already got more money than what he would ever need in a lifetime. Loved him. Now he makes me sick. Hope he never gets to play a major again. That's his legacy. And then this. I cannot understand the hypocrisy of the contrarian views regarding Live. Live Golf, Norman, the players are all about money. It's a business. Why is Live being condemned when the PGA has been a monopoly since inception? That's from Adrian. So it continues to divide and will continue. The big story today is uh, reported in uh, The Age and the Sydney Morning Herald um, by Adam Pangilly that tonight there'll be the announcement coming through to officially... Um, declare that Cameron Smith and Mark Leishman, along with four other PGA Tour players, will be joining the Live Golf Tour. Um, some results from Aussies around the place. Nick Ahern. Yes, we could go on all night if you want to talk about the controversies and all the, the variations on, oh, the, on opinions. Machinations, just, permutations. Just get on social media and confuse yourself. But we won't go there. <laughs> but I'd love to talk about some of the results around the world. Please do. Um, How are yes. Aussies going? They're doing well, actually, uh, which is no surprise because we've got a very talented bunch down here. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I guess, you know, some of the best results for the Aussies weren't on the major tour. They're on more the minor tours, like the Epson Tour, which is the secondary tour on the, uh, for the LPGA over there. We had uh, a runner-up in Robin Choi, uh, another excellent week for her. That moves her into the 11th spot, the top 10 on the Epson Tour, get their LPGA card for next week. and. Gabby Ruffles tied for fourth. She's sitting in about 14th place at the moment, so she's right in with a chance. Yep. Another excellent result by Grace Kim. She finished tied seventh this week. She's locked up her card for next year, which is an amazing result for her. Going to be a star. On the big tour, the LPGA tour, best of the Aussies was tied 17th by Steph uh, Kiriakou. They played the CP Women's Open up in Ottawa, Canada. 
uh, won by Paula Rito. That was her 157th start on the LPGA Tour, and she got her first win. So Is that right? Congratulations. An, an amazing win, and she not only beat the rest of the field, but one person in particular who's in hot form, Nelly Corder. She was coming at her Ooh, yeah. and uh, got her by a shot, and also Hyjin Choi. So Lydia Ko, a New Zealander, shot a final round 63 for fourth position. She, she finished off very nicely on the ladies' tour at the moment. Uh, they're in a seven-week stretch. So we've been talking a lot about the FedEx Cup and the men, but seven weeks, seven events for the for the LPGA Tour. So we've got some really good women's golf coming up. Across the other side in uh, the DP World Tour over in Europe, we had the Amiga European Masters at a place I love to play, Crans-Sur-Sierre. It's a bit of a hard one to get out at times, but the reason I love it is it's great for your ego because it's about 5,000 feet above sea level and the <laughs> ball goes an absolute mile. <laughs> so yes. So, so you get your driving stats up at this place. It's also the scene of one of the greatest shots ever hit by Seve Ballesteros. He was behind the wall on the 18th hole to the right. And if you go down there, if you ever get the chance to have a look, you'll think, how the heck did he do this? But it was just an amazing effort by Seve way back in the day. George Clooney even made an appearance here this week. So it's one oh, of those hello. places where, you know, the superstars go to roll around and, and roam. Unfortunately for the Aussies, it wasn't a great week. Uh, tied 51st from Scott Hand and tied 55th was uh, Dimi Papadatos. So we weren't really up there in that regard. I mentioned earlier the Corn Ferry Tour where David Lingmuth won um, that tour event. Uh, they played at the Ohio State University, the Scarlet Course. I actually played a US Open qualifier there many years ago. Love the golf course. Alistair McKenzie designed. Uh, Lingmuth won from by two shots from Paul Haley the second. This was one of these Corn Ferry Tour finals where the top 25 get the card on the PGA Tour for next year. The yep. series of three events, so very, very big events. Unfortunately for the Aussies, four players missed the cut. Jason Scrivener, Minwoo Lee, Anthony Quayle, Harrison Endicott, who already has his card. The only player to make the cut out of the Aussies was Aaron Badley, tied for 28. There's one tournament left in these Corn Ferry Tour finals. If any of the Aussies have a win or a top two or three, they still have a chance of getting their PGA Tour card for next year. So let's hope they do well so there. So what would happen to a Minwoo Lee, who at one point was hovering around 50th in the world um, throughout the year? What does he then need to go and do next year if he misses out on a card? Well, uh, ne- next or, year. Well, he, yeah. if he if he can stay in that top fifty world ranking, that usually is, makes you eligible for seven inv- invites uh, on the PGA Tour, yep. as well as you get the majors in the World Golf Championships. So, um, yeah, there's plenty to play for. But he'll be back on the DP World Tour. How to play your best golf? We're tapping into Nick's knowledge. Um, I thought I'd ask you this week. Triple bogey start for Rory <laughs> McIlroy. He was already six shots behind. He goes nine shots behind. How do you then, with four full days of golf, how do you work your way through that when it would feel like, well, that's just insurmountable? What do you mentally? What is your tip? Well, you, you don't know what that feels like triple bogeying the first, do you, Sam? So <laughs> no, I no, normally I'm... quadruple bogeying the first. So triple well, bogey be a joy. <laughs> interestingly enough, one thing it can do is it can free you up. Uh, because you think, well, uh, I'm way back now, so I may as well just get out there and kind of free free wheel it, I guess you could say. Tom Kim, who won the uh, tournament in Greensboro a few weeks ago, the first, the last event before the FedEx Cup Finals, he quadruple bogeyed his first hole. He ended up winning the tournament by four. But in a nutshell, what you want to do is you want to break that. The good thing about golf is every shot there's an opportunity to create something special. So if it's the first hole and you've made quadruple bogey, your mindset is, okay, second tee, what do I have to do right now? What shot do I have to hit right here? So you really focus your attention on being in the moment and taking it one shot of a time, one shot at a time, and having a good pre-shot routine is what that's all about. I'm going to expand on that another time, 
But work on a pre-shot routine works for you, gets you back in the moment, and take it one stroke at a time. Like the cricketers, just face the next delivery, just play the next shot. Nick, been a massive show. We'll see you all again next week. Future Stars next. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.